Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. But um, tonight, I'm going to be covering some of the subjects um, in that book. And the Lord's put kind of like two different tracks in my heart for tonight. So I'm going to do them both. Um, because I'm only here for one night, so I thought I might as well, I might as well really uh, go for it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of insight. And then we're going to have a little bit of ministry. And then we'll give you a little bit more insight and then some more ministry. How does that sound? So as a foundation, first of all, because I'm sure that we all come from different backgrounds and, and uh, we're at different places in our journey in the Lord. But I want to talk about the invisible realm, the heavenly dimensions of the kingdom, but the invisible realm. The invisible realm is a very real realm for those of you that are new. Uh, to the Holy Spirit and to to the kingdom of God. Um, the kingdom of God is an invisible kingdom. God himself is invisible. Um, but just because it's invisible doesn't mean it's not real. In fact, the invisible realm of the kingdom of God is actually more real than the natural realm. Jesus said, um, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It is an eternal life kingdom. And so it is actually more real, even though it's invisible to our natural senses, um, it is more real than the natural realm. So the second point is that in that invisible realm are two kingdoms. There's two realms. We, have, of course, have a demonic kingdom that is a very real realm, and we have we have the kingdom of God. The moment you are born again, you are translated. You might not feel the translation, but you are because the Bible says so. And whatever the Bible says, that is true. Okay, so the Bible says that you are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Okay, so it is a supernatural miracle that takes place out of darkness into the light. And so we know that the demonic kingdom is um, controlled, it's ruled by um, the devil. That's what kingdoms are about, they're, they're ruled by a king. And so the devil, he is a loser. Um, he is a very, you know, um, limp king. And we should never give too much attention to him, really, because he's a loser. And you know, we can talk about the devil this, the devil that, you know, whatever. But, you know, he's really not worth talking about because he already lost 2,000 years ago. Jesus stripped him of his power, stripped him of his glory, stripped him of his possessions, stripped him of everything on the cross 2,000 years ago. And he gave us the keys, the keys of the kingdom to rule in the earth and to rule over and bring into submission the works of darkness. It says of Jesus in 1 John 3, 8, that for this purpose, the son of, of man was made manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. And we know through John 20 that we are called by the father as he called the son. So we're to subdue those things. We have power. It's all under our feet. Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, that we can tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall harm us, right? So, so that kingdom is not worth really talking about too much, but we need to be aware of it. We just need to understand who the devil is. He's a loser. But when we shift over into the kingdom of God, that is our territory, that is our territory. The moment that we are born again, we are members now of the kingdom of God, and we co-rule 
and we're co-heirs with Christ. This is amazing. And he gave us power to rule in the earth. I love the prayers tonight. Pastor John was sharing about Dallas. You know, I love that because you're using kingdom authority to, to establish God's kingdom and his presence within this region that we're responsible for because we live here. Okay, if you live here, you have a responsibility. I love that. You're doing exactly what the Bible says to do. And that's over your household or wherever God puts you, you have authority over that to bring the presence of God, the goodness of God, the glory of God into that realm. And it starts even with your own life. So you have the power uh, to do that in Christ when you are born again. And that's why we're in the earth. That's why we weren't taken out of the earth uh, when we were born again. God could have, you know, we got born again and away we go up to heaven. I mean, that sounds good. But he, he needs us here because we have to advance his kingdom here. And the goal is, eventually, according to the book of Revelation, is that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. Every single one ruled by, by God and by God's word. Now, inside the kingdom of heaven, there is activity going on, all kinds of activity. And I won't go into all of it tonight, but, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit is hovering. He's moving over things. There's angels, angelic activity, and, uh, you know, God is on the move. There's things going on in the spirit, even in the room right now. God is moving in this room. He is hovering over your life. There's angelic activity in this room, and the Lord's actually shown me some of it, and we're going to just unleash it in a little bit. But there's activity in the kingdom, and God wants us to be connected to the activity of heaven in the earth. While we're in the earth, we're not just kind of taking up space here, waiting to, you know, finish our course. We are going to be active with God's activity, with the preaching of the gospel, with the healing of the sick, with supernatural encounters. That's who we are. That's who we're created to be. As those who love, we're going to take the atmosphere of love that is an activity of heaven, and we're going to spread it throughout the whole world. Amen? So we're going to partner with God in the activities of heaven. He also wants us to know that not only can we experience um, what he's doing in the earth, that we can actually have access into his throne room in heaven. Jesus said, I only do the things I see my father do, right? Which meant as he was in the earth, because he said, our father who lives in heaven, and if he's only doing the things he's seeing his father do, he had a spiritual connection, even though he was a human being when he was in, in, in the earth, he, he had to come as man so that he could redeem us, right? So he was in the earth, but he had this connection into heaven. He saw what his father was doing, and he did on earth what he saw his father doing in heaven. And so God wants you to know that you have that access. You have open access. There is a real throne room in heaven where the father sits and where Jesus sits at the right hand of the father. And it says in Ephesians that not only is Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, but so are you, because you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I remember getting a revelation about this years ago. I think, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. And, I, and, and just a penny drop, the light turned on. It was like, wow, I... I'm in heaven right now in my spirit, man. I'm already connected in heaven. I'm already there. 
I might not feel it. I might not be able to tangibly touch it with my, with my uh, touch sense. I might not be able to even see it with my natural sense. But the word says I'm there. And if the word says I'm there, then I'm there. And it's like this whole big revelation filled me. And I started having, having a glory encounter of worship at that, at that very revelation. So I was so excited about it. So I, I went into a meeting the next week and I was teaching on it. I'm a giver, so I always like to, to give what I receive. So when I get a hot revelation, I like to share it. And so I'm in this meeting sharing the revelation. I said, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. We can be activated in heaven, from heaven, through heaven, into the earth, because we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. And it says we can come boldly before the throne of grace, you know, and make our needs known and receive things while we're there. Oh, I was, I was preaching up a storm. I was happy. And after the service, this wonderful gentleman came to me. He's so precious. But he had, he had a concern. And it's, you know, just, I mean, it's, it's good to respectfully bring our concerns to people. He said, Patricia, I'm very, very concerned about your message tonight. And I said, you are like, what was it that I said that concerned you? He says, well, you said that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. And I said, yeah, it says so right in Ephesians 2. Isn't that awesome? He said, no, but the way that you were teaching it was like we're already there. And I says, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that exciting? He says, no, 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 my dear. He says, you don't realize we're not just there. That's just positional theology. And I said, well, um, I don't mean to sound ignorant, but I'm not a theologian or anything. And I don't know what positional theology is. <laughs> Always be authentic. Just be yourself. Don't try to be someone you're not. Just be honest. Be real. <laughs> and uh, he looked shocked that I didn't know what it was. I said, no, no, really, I don't know what it is. He says, well, it's your position. I said, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He says, yes, but not in real, not really. It's like just your position. And I said, so you're saying it is our position, but not really. <laughs> he says, well, it's hard to explain. And I said, well, I don't find it hard to explain. Jesus says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. That's what the word teaches. He said, but... But it's not like that. I mean, one day when you pass through this earth and there, then, you know, you'll know more about it, but not now. And I said, no, it is definitely now. It is definitely now. Even in Hebrews uh, 4, 16, I believe it is, it says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Come boldly before the throne of grace to help in time of need. You're not going to be in need when you pass through this life and you're in heaven. You have needs when you're in the earth, right? So before the throne of grace. Well, where's the throne? It's in heaven. The throne of grace is the throne that Jesus sits on. He says, you come boldly and make your petitions known. Make your needs known. And he says, and then you will receive mercy and obtain grace. You can receive in heaven and obtain in heaven. And that's what I want to bring you to tonight. And, you know, I just call it pulling, pulling, pulling out of heaven into the earth. In Colossians 3, verse 1, 
Paul says to set your mind on the things above where Christ is seated, right? Set your mind on those things. Why? Because that's where you're seated. And when you get heaven's perspective, when God shows you what you have in heaven, then you can bring them into the earth. You can release them into the earth. It's called ascending and descending. To ascend means to go up. To descend means to go down, right? So Jesus said in John 1, he said that angels ascend and descend upon the Son of Man. So those are God's messengers. That's a going up and going down. So it's it's in, in, in Christ. So if Christ is in you, Christ in you is the hope of glory, then there is ascending and descending going on, and every believer can ascend and descend. Now, I know that this is a huge teaching, and we don't have time tonight to unpack it all, get the book, get the glory school, get whatever you need to understand it, because this is life-changing and it's very powerful. So we also see that the Scripture says in Ephesians 1.3, that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So not only are we positioned in Christ in our spirit, we can live in two realms at the same time. In our spirit, we can live in the heavenly dimension. In our natural body, we live in the earthly dimension. We can live in two, two realms at the same time. It's called bilocation. We see that in John 3, verse 13. Um, so not only are we positioned there, but we also have been given everything that is there. All the blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Every promise. Every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. The atmosphere of heaven is peace and love and joy. All that is a blessing that we have access to. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Angels are a heavenly blessing. God's power is a heavenly blessing. All of that. I mean, you can just go on and on and on. But also we see in Scripture, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, that when we understand Jesus and we understand his grace and his peace, that we know that, that, that everything, everyone say everything, that pertains to life and to godliness has already been given to us. And so also have the great, precious, magnificent promises. They are already given. We don't have to hope one day that a promise will be given. It has already been given to us 2,000 years ago. So then, if you could imagine in the heavenly dimension a big banquet table that Jesus set just for you. And on that banquet table is everything that you could possibly imagine, everything that you love, everything that is heavenly, everything that is divine, every promise in the scripture. I mean, everything that you would possibly need to live a beautiful life in God. It's on that banquet table. And I don't know about you, but I, 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 I'm a foodie. I love, I love food. And, um, and um, I'm learning how to love some foods more than others right now. And, um, but I love food. And how many of you love going into a really high-end buffet? And how many of you really love it when, how many of you really love it when someone pays your way into the buffet? Okay, me too. Now the thing about a buffet is once you got that ticket to go in, everything inside that buffet is yours. I've been in some amazing buffets. I love them because you can choose whatever you want 
and you can have as much as you want. But do you know what? Even though it's all available to you, your hostess will sit you down at a, at a table, but then you have to go fill your plate. They don't come along and serve, serve to you. They don't, you know, ask you what you want and then go get it. No, you have to go fill your plate. And that's what it's like in the kingdom. Jesus already paid the price for every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place and everything that pertains to life and to godliness and all the great exceeding precious promises. They're already on the banquet table. And not only that, he paid the price for us to get in. The blood shed on Calvary paid the price for us to enter into the kingdom of God with all of its bounty, with all of its goodness. Isn't that amazing? So all we need to do then is go into the banquet place with our ticket and get a plate and start loading it. What is that? That's faith. How do you receive the blessings? It's by faith, by faith, by faith. Many people sit back and say, oh, God, oh, God, oh, come, God, oh, God, please come. You say, I, I came. I came. And didn't I tell you that I'll never leave you and never forsake you, that I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world? So what are you saying, come? I'm here. You see the difference? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, if only, if only you could, you know, if only you could give me this blessing. Oh, God, he said, I did. And so many of us don't understand how to activate our faith for the heavenly dimension to come into the world, earth. And even in our intercession, sometimes we can spend... Hours and hours in prayer and getting no nothing, nothing happening because we're not praying in faith. Bawling and squalling prayer. I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was a fairly new Christian. My husband and I had both gotten saved, and we were just, you know, excited. My husband got saved 11 months after I did. We were having an awesome time in the Lord. But this, these uh, ladies in our community, they had a prayer meeting for their unsaved husbands. And they used to meet every single week. They had met for a whole year praying for their unsaved husbands. But after a year, not one of them had been saved, not one. So they asked me if I would come and help them pray. And I said, I would love to. I have faith for it. I just believe that, you know, even the most hardest, rebellious person, all it takes is one revelation. That's all. It doesn't take much. Just one revelation. So we got to get rid of all of our fear, our anxiety, and just get into faith and go sick them, God, <laughs> you know? So I said, I would be happy to come and uh, pray with you. So I, I, I went to the meeting, and it was, you know, they hadn't started praying yet. They were having tea and coffee and that, and, and I got introduced to the, the women. And I was listening to their conversation, and I was shocked. And they were telling each other how bad their husbands were. Such as, I'm just giving you a few examples, such as, oh my goodness, my Johnny got his paycheck last night and he went out and binged and, and you know, he was drunk and he came home and the money was gone and blah, blah, blah. And then someone else say, oh, you think that's bad? Well, this is what my George did. And they were all talking like that. And I was hearing all this garbage about all the husbands. I thought, I hope I never meet them because I've got a I've got a picture in my mind that I have to cast down here. 
So anyways, we finally started the prayer meeting. The leader called it to order. I was so thankful. I thought, oh, praise God, we get to pray now and get out of this negative conversation. But then as they were praying, then I really knew why their husbands weren't saved yet. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know how hard-hearted my Johnny is. Oh, God. You know how rebellious my Johnny is. Oh, God. Oh, but if there's anything that you can do, if there's anything, please save him. I thought, if there's anything he can do, he did it already. He did it already. Now, one of the ladies, and I'm not lying, this actually got said. One of the ladies said this, oh, God, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it takes for you to bring my husband to you, even if it means that you have to take our children to heaven. I thought, no, don't do that, God. Don't listen to that prayer. Do not listen to that prayer. An enemy, you are off limits. You do not get to hear that. I was so disturbed, so I started praying. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just declare that George and Johnny and Jeff and Fred are saved in Jesus' name, that the blood of Jesus is washing them from their sin. Lord, these women have believed in you, therefore they shall be saved, they and their house, including their husbands, in Jesus' name. You said, ask of me, I will give to thee the heathen for, for, for your inheritance. And Lord, it sounds like they're heathen, so they fit, and they're in your kingdom, in Jesus' his name so when I finished the prayer they were all saying amen hallelujah and they were all excited I thought yay we got a breakthrough Whew. registered in heaven those are the kind of prayers that are registered in heaven the ones that match the word okay you receive it as you're praying you receive it as you're praying and uh, so I was pretty happy about that and they invited me to stay for coffee and goodies afterwards I got fat when I became a Christian. <laughs> it's all the prayer meetings. <laughs> but um, I stayed afterwards, and, and then one lady came up to me. And she said, thank you so much for joining our prayer meeting today. She said, but I don't know if my Johnny's ever going to get saved. I thought, but lady, I need to mentor you. If your Johnny does not get saved, it's, it's because of you. And she said, what do you mean by that? I said, you are speaking him into darkness. You're declaring that you don't even believe he'll get saved. There's no faith connection. There is nothing that is calling him in. Don't you realize that 2,000 years ago, God already saved Johnny? The work was already done. All he needs right now is a connection to that so that Johnny can get connected to it. When you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have it. And she said, oh, the light went on. So she got excited about that. She said, so then... My husband really is going to come to know the Lord. I said, yes, Jesus did the work 2,000 years ago. You stand in the gap and you pull Jesus' work down over your husband. Pull. Everyone say pull. So she went and phoned her church. They had a prayer chain. And she said, I want to send a praise report through. My husband is born again. And they said, that's amazing. 
That's amazing. When did it happen? How did it happen? And she says, well, it's in the faith realm right now. And, and the lady said, <laughs> the head of the prayer chain said, what do you mean it's in the faith realm? Is he saved or not saved? She said, no, he's saved. He's saved. So she got into a little bit of trouble at the church. But she had the revelation, so she didn't care now. She didn't care what anyone thought. So her husband comes home from work that night, and they had two sons, and they're sitting down at the dinner table. And um, they didn't usually say grace because the husband didn't like it. And she said, I'm going to say grace tonight. I have so much to be thankful for. And so she started praying. And I'm not suggesting this was the wisest thing to do. But she said, oh, God, I thank you for my God-fearing husband. He's so anointed. He loves you so much. And he's this awesome anointed head of our home. And the husband's there with his fork and knife, like just, you know, seething. And after she finishes, he says, don't you ever pray like that again. I will never become a Christian. Never. And she says, oh, honey, you already are. You just don't know it. So, of course, that aggravated him a little bit more. Sometimes we need a little bit of wisdom with our faith, right? <laughs> So anyways, it was a couple of months went by or so, and she was just settled in her spirit that her husband, God was all over her husband. It was a done deal. All he had to do was receive and confess. And, but as far as she was concerned, that, 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 that was done. God was on that one, okay? So one night, her husband comes home late. He worked afternoon shift, so it was after midnight, and she was up knitting and watching the late news or whatever. And uh, he comes up the stairs, staggering up the stairs, up the banister. He looked pale, white. He says, I did it. I did it. And she says, what did you do? Because he had been talking about quitting his job. Did you quit your job? He says, no, no, I did it. I did it. She says, what did you do? <laughs> and he says, I gave my life to Jesus. And she said, oh, that. She says, oh, yeah, I knew that a couple of months back. But what had happened is he was on his way home on the freeway, on his way home. This was up in Canada, so it's not the kind of freeways you have in Dallas here. But um, he was on the freeway coming home after midnight, and the audible voice of God spoke to him. And it freaked him out. And so he pulled over right on the freeway, put the hazard lights on, and he, he said, God, what do you need me to do? I'll do anything. And so by the time he got home, he was still freaked out. But you see what she did? She pulled. She pulled on the promise. She pulled it out of heaven, and she brought it into the earth. Amen? <laughs> heaven is available to you. You can live in heavenly glory. Today, um, today I received a miracle today on my way here because I, um, my, my back went out. When I got up this morning, I could, I could hardly walk. Um, I could barely uh, move, actually, and it was hard to get ready. I'm glad I packed my bags yesterday because I don't think I could have bent over to do the packing today, and I was in excruciating pain, and so we got out the door, got on the plane. My assistant, uh, Marcella, who's here with me, she put all the bags up in the overhead and everything because I literally couldn't lift them, and so I'm sitting reading my Bible in the plane, 
And the Lord said, well, why are you tolerating that back pain? Why are you tolerating it? And I thought, duh. All I have to do is pull. Because the promise is already settled in heaven. It's already settled. And so I ascended by faith before the throne of grace. And by faith, by faith, I pulled on the promise for healing. And I pulled it right into my back. And do you know I don't have any pain? I've got full movement. Everything's, everything's great. And that was, just, that was just a few hours ago. But, I mean, you can have miracles every single day if you learn how to pull. Say pull. Pull, pull out of heaven. Some of you are going to get some financial miracles because you've been under restraint. I felt that as we were worshiping tonight. You've been under restraint. It's almost like there's been an attack that has kept you from breaking out into a new, new level. But you know what? You can just ascend into heaven. Provision is in heaven. Provision is in Christ. All the blessings in the heavenly places are yours. There's no, there's no lack in heaven. There's gold streets. There's sapphire uh, lakes. There's, there's, there's emerald throne. I mean, there's rainbows. There's, I mean, everything that you can imagine. There is provision in heaven for you. And you can up a, open up a portal over your life of provision if you'll go for it. If you're sitting there saying, oh, I wish a financial breakthrough would come. Oh, if only my finances would increase. Oh, if only this oppression would lift off. If only. That's not going to secure it. You have to pull it. You have to ascend into that place with God. You are seated there in heavenly places in Christ. Live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. And go and secure the blessing, the promise that has already been given. What is that promise? Philippians 4.19. God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory. The glory realm is the realm of his wealth. It's a realm of his splendor. All you have to do is reach up into that realm and pull. Some of you should be pulling right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know what I've see, seen in the spirit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And there's going to be breakthrough for you. I decree and declare a breakthrough in the spirit. <laughs> I remember one time when I was just learning this, a bill had come in. A bill had come in, and it shocked me. <laughs> the bill shocked me. I thought, whoa. And that wasn't in a good way. It was like, this is... This is a mega bill. I had no idea, you know, about the cost of this, this, you know, what the bill represented. And I got overwhelmed by it. And the Lord said, what are you overwhelmed for? Just, just ascend into heaven and pull, pull my promise down. Bring it down. I thought, Lord, yeah, Philippians 4.19. You meet all my need. That includes the whole total amount of this. The whole total amount. You meet all my need, not just a portion of that, all of it. You meet all of it. So I just, I just by faith reached into that promise in the heavenly place, and I pulled it down, and I literally put my hand right over the bill and slammed it down. I said, that's a done deal. I just pulled the need as met according to his riches and glory by Christ over this bill. So that bill has to submit, and sure enough, all the money came in and more. You know, because whatever you do in the unseen dimension will then manifest in the natural. What you take care of in the unseen, 
in your faith realm, then it will manifest. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have it. It's not when you receive it, then believe. It's when you pray, believe that you receive because he wants you to pull it into the natural realm. He wants you to bring it into the natural realm. That's why we're here, so that we can bring things into the natural realm. It's by faith. Now, of course, everything we do, we follow the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful that God gave us his spirit? And he's so beautiful. And he will lead you and guide you so that you're never presumptuous. Say, what do I do about this, Bill? What do I do about this financial obstacle? What do I do about this dream that's unfulfilled? And he will show you exactly what promise to stand on, exactly what to do. He is so good. So you you just listen for him, and he will lead you. How does he lead you? Through mainly your thoughts, God thoughts. He just puts thoughts in you that are from him, Okay. He speaks to you right into your heart or sometimes through images in your mind's eye, in your mind's eye. Your imagination is not an organ to be scorned. It is an organ to be celebrated. So often we will hear people say, oh, my goodness, you know, my kid's imagination is running wild and I just told them to stop it. I think, ah, no, cultivate it because that's your vision center. That's where you get vision from God. There's nowhere else in your body that you will receive a vision from the Lord. It's always in your imagination. Even if it's an open vision, it'll be registered in your imagination. Because you do not receive vision in your big finger. You do not receive a vision in your liver. You do not receive a vision in your kidney. You receive vision in your imagination, in your mind's eye. Okay, And sometimes it can be an open vision, a trance. They can be more dramatic ways, but it's always registered in the imagination. That's why you can remember open visions that you've had. That's why you can remember dreams. That's why you can remember trances. It's because it, it, is, it is registered in the imagination. So make sure your imagination sanctified. Don't let your imagination be submitted to the world's junk and garbage and, you know, sexual sin, pornography, you know, like junk that's out there. Even the idolatry of different things that we have in the world that, you know, appeal to the flesh. Make sure that your eyes are set apart for God because whatever, whatever you Submit yourself to, that's whose slave you become. So we want our imagination to be always sanctified. And there's great ways that you can do it. Um, I'll just give you one way, is that going to the prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, uh, Jeremiah, Daniel, they describe the visions that God gave them, actually in quite a lot of detail, some of them. And you can submit your vision to the vision God gave them. And by doing that, you're submitting your imagination to the authority of the prophets, because they were major prophets, those ones that I mentioned, the authority of that prophetic mantle, and to the vision that came direct from God. So what you're doing is you're seasoning your imagination by submitting it to the authority of God's visions. And you can start imagining it. You can draw out those visions. You can ask God questions about those visions, and it'll open up your seer realm. 
because that seer realm is really important and God's breathing on it right now. It's really important because um, if you see it, you can have it. Basically, when God shows you things, it gives you this sense of knowing, this sense of faith rises up in you, and it's really beautiful. But everyone can be a seer, everyone. It says in Ephesians 1.17 that the eyes of our heart be enlightened, right? The eyes of our spirit be opened, okay? All throughout the Bible, we see about eyes, and eyes are important. In fact, I see right now the Spirit of God coming and putting eyes out on eyes right now. He's cleansing eyes and he's anointing eyes. He's anointing eyes right now. And if you want to see more, put your hands up into the glory realm and just lift your eyes up to God and let him touch. Just receive it by faith. Don't think, oh, one day I hope you touch my eyes. No, right now, receive by faith and increase vision, increase clarity. Just receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Pull it. Pull it. Pull it into your eyes. Pull it into your vision. Pull it into the eyes of your heart. Pull it into the eyes of your mind. You want to see the way God sees. Jesus said, I only do the things I see my Father do, right? So I only, I only do what I see him do. So Lord, I thank you for the eyes salve you're putting on eyes right now. I thank you for the anointing, the cleansing, the enlargement, the increase of the seer anointing in each one of them. Now, I had a spiritual encounter last week. And I felt the Holy Spirit say that you're going to have one similar tonight, that he's going to release it over you. And in this encounter... The Lord put a new gown on me. It was a beautiful gown, one that I'd never seen before. And I could feel him. I didn't see him in, in uh, visionary form, but I could feel the presence of the Lord come, his glory realm come, and he put, put a gown on me. And so um, when I was, uh, you know, studying it through and I was asking the Lord questions about this gown, he said, um, just do a study in the word on garments, and there's lots to be said, but I'll give you a, a few tonight. One of them is Revelation 19.8, where it talks about the bride who made herself ready was clothed in fine linen, bright and clean, right? So that's one garment. In Matthew 17.2, it says Jesus' garments became white as light, and that's what I felt was like a, a, a garment of light is what I felt. It felt very like silky and full of light. In, um, in Zechariah 2.3, we see where uh, Joshua had been clothed with filthy garments, but those were taken and he was clothed with festal robes. So they took the 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 one garment off and put new garments on. When I was um, meditating on this today, as I was praying for you, I felt that there's some of you here tonight that you're getting a brand new start and that you've been, you've been snagged. There's actually something that's been snagging your life and you haven't been able to tell anyone about it because you feel ashamed about it and you just feel like so slimed and you're hiding you know, hiding behind the shame of it and everything. You're just, you know, you just haven't been able to to work with it. But I, I felt the Holy Spirit say tonight, a miracle is going to happen for you. And he's literally taking the filthy garment off your heart. 
that, that which that particular sin has done. It could be whatever sin. It could be pornography. That was one that I saw. It could be gossip and pride and lies, like all different sins. But whatever it is that has made you feel ashamed, Jesus is coming to cleanse your heart from the sin. Just yield it to him. Ask him to forgive you. And then I see him removing, literally removing that garment of that that, that garment of filth is what the Bible says about Joshua. So that's why I saw him removing. And then I see a new garment being given to you. Clean and pure and beautiful. And just close your eyes right now and just, just see the Lord doing that work. It's so beautiful. And tonight is a turnaround night for some of you in this room. It's a turnaround night. And I just feel right now to break the power a pornographic addiction as well, in Jesus' name. I just break the power of that in both men and in women, in Jesus' name. It is running rampant because the, the very air that we breathe is being filled with it because of all the media that's out on it. And so, but we have a protective shell. If we will let the Lord protect us, as long as we're not loving the world or the things of the world, we love him more, then we can be protected. Those things don't touch you because there's no interest in them. There's no love for them. And so we always want to not have a love for the world, but a love for the kingdom. Amen. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just we just free people from from that in Jesus' name. Okay, Ezekiel sixteen thirteen says that um, that uh, adorned with a dress of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. And he said, "My splendor, which I bestowed upon you." So I see in the spirit right now, I see uh, garments coming down. I want you to close your eyes for a moment because some of you are going to go into a whole new phase of your, of your walk. And he's giving out fresh garments tonight. That's what the Lord did with me last week. He said, this is a new season for you and you're going to wear a new garment. And you tonight, the Lord's saying this. Sometimes he prepares me ahead of time with an encounter so that I can give that encounter to the people I'm going to be ministering to. And so what I see right now happening, there's angels coming into this room right now. Whoa, whoa. And they have garments. They have garments. And every, whoa, and every one of you might receive a different garment. That's why you have to close your eyes and get, get before God. And ask him to show you the garment. These garments are coming from heaven. Some of you are being clothed with a beautiful servant's garment. The servant garment that I'm seeing right now, it's a brown garment. And it's, it's kind of made of like a sackcloth material. But the Lord's saying to me that it is the highest quality garment in the kingdom. The servant's garment. The greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. And some of you are actually already anointed in a servant anointing. But there's an acceleration coming, and God's going to enable you to serve him in even greater ways. This brown garment that I'm seeing, it's like sackcloth, it is so powerful because there's nothing of self that exudes from it. It's just hidden in Christ, embracing the cross. And it's so beautiful, and there's great reward for those receive that garment. And some of you are being quickened by this right now. You're feeling, this is my garment. And if you do feel that, put up your hand. Awesome. 
just keep your hands up. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just pray for these ones, Lord God, that you will pour out blessing upon them in this next season as you enlarge, as you enlarge their steps, as you enlarge their walk and their ways, that this garment that they're clothed in, Lord, is going to um, release them into a greater grace than they've walked in before in Jesus' name. Whoa. Now, you don't have to have just one garment because sometimes God will layer you. Remember in that one scripture, he said it was a garment of linen and silk and embroidered cloth. So there was like, it had layers upon it. So Holy Spirit, show us what you're doing right now. We thank you for the angels that are here. We thank you for the garments that you are releasing. In Jesus' name. I also see war, warrior garments being brought out. And some of you are in a season of war. And God is making you a warrior for him. And I see, whoa, I see, I see warrior angels coming into the room also. Whoa, and they're going to accompany you. They're going to accompany you, but you're being marked as a warrior for him. You're being marked as a warrior. And I see that as you receive this garment tonight by faith, the warrior's mantle, the warrior's garment, that you are, are going to see battles won quicker and stronger. There's an anointing that goes with each of these garments. So if you are quickened and you feel that mantle coming on you, put up your hand. Whoa, <laughs> Lord, we thank you for this army. We thank you for this army that you are raising up. We thank you for this, this battle. And one of the things I'm, 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 I'm seeing right now is battle around leaders. And many of you are called with this warrior mantle to war for leaders. How many of you specifically feel that? Thank you, Lord. We thank you for that, that um, armor and that, and, that, and that warrior garment that is filled with anointing to, to protect leaders in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I see a bridal garment being released right now. And it's an, a, a, a garment of intimacy. And God says, I'm, I'm calling you into intimacy in this season. And I'm going to, to clothe you clothe you in my beauty, clothe you in my goodness, clothe you for intimacy. Some of you are actually feeling that come on you now, a beautiful bridal garment. And the Lord shows me that with that garment, your worship is going to become more intense and you're going to be more motivated to worship. You're not even going to have to think about it. It's just going to spring up from you because it's a connection to intimacy. How many of you are feeling that garment come on you? Whoa, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that garment. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. And I see shoes being put on you, new shoes. The Lord's giving you new shoes. And some of you have been through some hard places, and the soles of your feet have been scratched and bruised because it's been a, a, hard, a hard walk for you. But I see the Lord putting oil on your feet, and he's giving you brand new shoes. Brand new shoes, brand new sandals. And just let them put them on your feet tonight. Let them wash your feet and oil your feet. How many of you relate to your feet, your, your walk being difficult and your feet feel scratched and bruised? Jesus is here right now ministering to you. He's ministering to you right now and he's healing. 
He's healing the bruises and the hurts that came from your walk in this season. And he's giving you new shoes. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Beautiful shoes. Close your eyes and let him show you what your shoes look like. Some of you, you might be given army boots. Others of you might be given dancing shoes. Others of you might be given sneakers to run in. The Lord gave me a new pair of shoes last week in this encounter I had. They're diamond-studded sandals. They're beautiful. He says, how lovely are the feet of them that bring good news. Thank you, Lord. How lovely on the mountains. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you felt sandals being put on your feet? How many of you army boots? How many of you dress shoes? How many of you just like real tough, rugged hiking boots? <laughs> all different. You all had different encounters. The angels are in this room. I can feel their presence. The other thing that God did last week was he gave me new wings. In Psalm 91, it says that God has wings. And in Genesis 1, it says we're created in his image. And that means you have wings. You might not feel them. You might not see them. You might not have even thought of it before. But according to the scripture, if you've been created in the image and likeness of God, then, then there's wings. But sometimes I can actually feel wings. The first time I had an experience with wings was actually with an angel called Swift. And the Lord had me get on the back of this angel. And the angel's wings, I was actually on the angel's wings. I could feel the feathers, everything. And it flew me around the world very quickly. Up to that time, I had never visited another nation. And now I've ministered globally ever since that time. And everything opened very, very quickly. Everything happened swiftly. But I could literally feel myself traveling in the spirit. And the Lord told me that angels, of course, are sent to, to minister to us. They can take us places. We can go into spiritual encounter. But he says, never forget that I've given you wings so that you will get to where I need you to go. So in the spirit... We are given wings, and some of you are, are feeling it even now. You're just feeling the sensation of it. If you are, would you stand to your feet? Because I, I can feel it quite strongly now. Many of you are feeling the sensation of wings growing on your back. I know for some of you this might be a little bit out there, but, um, but it is biblical, actually, that, that God has wings. Okay, just soak in the presence of the Lord for a moment. Father, we just bless what you're doing in these people's lives right now. So many in the room, so many are feeling the enlargement of their wings and the capacity of their ability to move with you and to, to be sent by you to, to go swiftly into the places that you have ordained them to go. Thank you, Lord, for those, for those wings being enlarged. You, you can stand and soak as long as you want, receiving of the Lord. But I want to read to you a prophecy from Stacy Campbell. This was back in 1997, I think, or 98. 
It's called Eyes and Wings. And the Lord said through her, what Ezekiel kept seeing was eyes everywhere. And um, Tracy had mentioned about eyes um, when she was ministering during the worship and the eyes being opened. There were uh, wheels, and they had eyes all the way around them. There were eyes everywhere. And then the verse with all the wings, wings on the front and the back. I have this sense that the Lord is showing me that everyone is looking for a model, but there are no models, and the whole church knows that something is up, but they don't know where to go, and they don't know how to get there. And I feel like there's knowledge without the ability to get anywhere, and the Lord is calling us with the eyes and wings. One, to see what the Lord is doing, and two, to give wings to get there. And I feel like the Lord is calling us to begin to model eyes and wings, eyes and wings, what to do and how to get there, what to do and how to get there. And then we have to give the people eyes and wings. There are times and seasons in the church when there's a lot of unrest, but someone's got to do it differently. Someone's got to break totally out of the mold. Someone's got to create a container for the time, and they can't go to the past to look for it. Some of it's never been done before. Have I not said throughout my word, throughout my word, that there's a coming a generation, there's coming a final hour of the church? Whoops, sorry final hour of the church that will be different than any other, that will be different than any other. And tonight we've had on two different flows of the Spirit, eyes being open. Eyes to see and then wings to get there. I believe it represents the prophetic and the apostolic working together. And some of you who have moved prophetically in this last season are going to grow in your prophetic anointing but move into the apostolic. And it's the eyes and wings working together. It's the prophetic and the apostolic working as one, in the same person even. And some of you who have been moving apostolically are going to begin to move more prophetically. There's this, this eyes and wings are being given by the Spirit of God. And in it, I do see a container for the times. There's new things, new things that are going to be structured in the Lord that are going to enable us to do his will and his purposes. So just receive that anointing right now for eyes and wings, eyes and wings, what to do and how to get there, what to do and how to get there. Amen. Amen. I want to release uh, back, um, back healings. If you have a problem with your back, can you stand? Um, especially the lower back. But it could be the upper back too, but any back problems down to your feet. Now, remember we're pulling, right? We're pulling? Jesus died 2,000 years ago and carried that infirmity. He bore that infirmity. And it is, it, your, your victory is established in heaven. And there's healing for you in heaven. So what I want you to do is close your eyes and pull down healing. And place it on your back. Pull it right down and place it on your back. Thank you, Jesus. We decree and declare your healing touch. By your stripes we are healed. How many of you are feeling like a warmth go into your back? I'm feeling, I'm feeling a, a warm sensation right now. Can you raise your hand if you're feeling a warmth and wave it for me? Wow. That's the healing power of God touching your back. Now start to move your back. Start to move around. Test it. 
for me, when I started pulling on the back, um, healing, I pulled on it, and it was about maybe 20 minutes later that the full manifestation came. But it started. It starts the moment that you pull it. The moment that you pull it down, it starts. The moment that you apply it, it starts. Okay, move, move around. Do what you couldn't do before. Bend over, touch your toes, whatever you can do. How many feel an improvement already? Put up your hand. Wave at me. Wow, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> How many of you, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, would say that, that you're feeling an improvement um, 6 and above? Raise your hand. Awesome. Anyone 100% already? Anyone 100%? Raise your hand so I can see you. Anyone 100%? Wave at me. Awesome. Was, was that in your lower back? Was it, was it in your lower back? Wonderful. And, and it's completely gone now. Awesome, awesome. Now, probably before you leave here tonight, every single one of you who pulled, every single one of you who pulled will, will have um, some measure even up to 100% improvement because that's the way it works. You're bringing it out of the invisible realm into the natural realm. Okay, one more thing. One more thing I'd like to share with you tonight, kind of in a, in a different sense, is that I want to release to you the the realm of abundance because in the glory realm in the heavenly dimension there's no lack and one of the one of the um, things that's been troubling to me is to see so many Christians struggling really truly struggling with lack and oppressed by confinement in the area of provision and that is not the will of God because in the heavenly dimension there is no lack it's always abundance. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life in abundance. That abundant life came out of heaven. It's him, right? It came out of heaven. So God wants you to have an abundance. I'm not talking about according to the world's standards. I'm talking about just more than enough than what you than what you need. As you follow the spirit in your life, that you'll have more than enough. And we're going to break off any confinement on anyone here tonight in the area of financial lack or restraint or oppression because it's just not God's will for you. But I want to give you a key on how to connect because when you stand in the heavenly dimension, when you stand in that spiritual dimension, um, there is abundance in that dimension. So all you have to do is learn how to pull it in, right? You pull it in and it's yours. You can pull it into your household, pull it into your business, pull it in, pull it in, pull it into your family members. And, uh, and God honors it because that, that is his promise that he came to give you abundant life. There's no lack in heaven. There's no poverty in heaven. You know, it is, poverty is not to be celebrated in the earth because it is a wicked thing. I've worked in poverty-stricken nations. I've been a missionary, and it's just wicked. Poverty is wicked. Everything about it is it's, it's horrible, and you won't find it in heaven, so don't pray for it and don't celebrate it. Okay. <laughs> okay, Genesis 26. I want, I want to show you a principle here that connects you to the realm the invisible realm of abundance that you can pull into your realm. I'm just going to give you a testimony or two. It says, now Isaac sowed in that land, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Okay? So he's in this land, 
And because he know, knows he has a covenant with God, it's not because the land was good or anything. It was because he knew he had a covenant with God. He chose to sow seed in that land. Okay? So he sows the seed. And as a result of sowing the seed, heaven's blessing came upon him. Now, we've had testimonies from, from, from areas in the earth where they were in absolute drought famine, no crops were growing, nothing, but Christians who knew how to access that glory dimension planted their seed, and it flourished. And you can even see it in pictures on aerial views that theirs was the only lamb that got blessed, okay? That's because they sowed into a dimension. And this, this, this can be done, of course, with um, seed, like if you're growing corn. It could be with anything you want in your life. Like if you want to grow a garden of love in your life, then plant seeds of love, kindness, plant seeds of kindness, peace, plant seeds of peace. You know, just build your life by planting seed. Sow your seed, okay? And know that you're sowing it. When you sow it, sow it into that kingdom dimension, sow it in, because that's where it'll grow. It's blessed. It flourishes in that dimension. Uh, when my children were younger, um, I, I taught them how to sow. I said, you'll get out of life whatever you sow into it. So determine with intentionality what you want to sow and sow it into God's presence. So I said, like friends, if you want good friends, sow friendship. Sow friendship into other people. But when you're doing it, do it according to God's God's uh, presence. Okay, so it says, Isaac sowed in that land, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. In the same year. And the Lord blessed him. So it wasn't just the blessing of reaping a hundredfold. That seed, when he sowed that seed, he created a realm of blessing. See, this is heaven coming into the earth. There's increase, and, and there's blessing. And... The man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became extremely wealthy. So those are four realms. The first realm is, is the realm of reaping what you sow. The second realm is the realm of blessing, which means that you can be blessed in areas that you never even sowed into. You just get blessed in other areas of your life because you sowed in one area, it just releases the blessing of the Lord down on other areas of your life. The third realm was to become rich. Now, in the kingdom, we don't measure our richness according to the world's standards. The world's standards is all about money. Don't, um, don't get hung up on money. Um, money is just a, an earthly currency. And you won't find money in heaven. But God can give you money, but just don't worship it or put too much attention onto it because it's... It, you know, it's not going into heaven with you, okay? It's good. But God, God will bless you. In fact, I've heard people say, well, I'd really like a new car, but I don't have the money. I said, what does money have to do with it? God can give you a car. You don't need the money. I need a new dress, but I don't have the money. What, what's, what's money got to do with this, right? When you're in kingdom thinking, you pull on what you need, okay? So when you sow, it says it creates the first realm is that you'll always reap more than what you sowed. In this case, it was a hundredfold. Secondly, you will open up a realm of blessing in your life where everything you touch 
turns to blessing. Thirdly, you will become rich, which means that you have an abundance for your own needs. It's not just making up, it's not just getting by, it's you have an abundance. That's what rich is, is an abundance for your own needs. But the goal is the fourth realm, which is to be extremely wealthy. And every Christian should want to be extremely wealthy. Because extremely wealthy, wealth is different from riches. Wealth is how you influence the world with your riches. So let's say, for example, that you've been sowing your healing gift, okay? Uh, you read in the Bible that God heals and that you have the spirit in you and you can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. So you go sow that ability. You find every sick person you can find and you sow healing into their body. Okay, so by sowing healing, you're going to reap what? You're going to reap healing. But not only that, because you're sowing intentionally, you are going to reap blessings out of the heavenly dimension too that don't even have anything to do with healing. It could be, you know, finances. It could be relationships. And then you become rich, rich in the healing anointing until you become extremely wealthy where you're out, teaching the courses, imparting healing, anointing, you know, ministering healing to everyone and everyone's manifesting healing. You see, you see how that works? And it works with every area of your life. This is, this is the way you connect to the four realms. So I'm going to just share um, a testimony that I'm going to pray for you to come into these uh, realms. But um, I was hosting some tent meetings. This was in 2013, October 29th, 2013. And um, I was in my kitchen, and um, an angel came. And I won't go into that whole encounter, but it was very exciting. And we were already um, in, in, a, in a blasted place. I had house guests in the house, so we were on our way to the meeting, just, like, just really buzzed by this angelic visitation. I got to the tent meeting, we started to worship, and during the worship service, the Lord brought this scripture to, to my mind. He said, I want to give you realms of abundance. I want you to connect into the spirit realm for this. And at that time, our ministry needed $100,000 to finish a project that we were believing for. And, uh, you know, it had kind of stalled, and so we still needed 100000 and uh, and so that we could finish the project. So I got this excitement. I thought, well, just a minute. Isaac, he reaped a, a, a hundredfold in that same year. Now, this was October 29th. There's only two months left in this year, and I, I just got excited. I thought, God, I'm going to sow $1,000. I'm going to sow $1,000, and I'm going to believe for 100 times that amount to come in before the end of the year so that we can complete this project. That would be 100000 Now, 100-fold, some commentaries say it means 100 times. Other commentaries say it's folded over 100 times. So one folded over is two, folded over is four, folded over is eight, folded over is 16. You do that 100 times, and it's a phenomenal amount. Either way... Either way, it's better than any bank can give you, right? So anyways, I, I couldn't even wait for the offering time because this wasn't during an offering message or anything. I couldn't wait. I wrote the check, and I, and I ran up to the um, uh, uh, stage and put it in the bucket, and I got this release, this just excitement in me that I knew that by making that check, I had entered into the miracle dimension and that we were going to have the $100,000. And so... 
the $100,000 did not come in at the end of the year. It came in in less than three weeks after, less than three weeks. And the whole amount and more came in. But then it says, and the Lord blessed them. Now, at that time, my husband and I were waiting at the same time since August for an investment uh, to come through that we were waiting on, which was supposed to pay into our pocket $200,000, but it was stalled, and it was very iffy on if it was going to come through. At the same time the money came through for the ministry, the $200,000 came through for us, too, on a personal level. So that was an area we weren't even sowing into. We didn't sow into that. We sowed into the ministry's project, but then other areas of our life got blessed. And then... Every single week, not only to the end of the year, but into the next year, just crazy blessings were coming into the ministry and into our personal life. And it was like we enlarged in richness. We enlarged in richness. And then we were able to take that and bless the world that we were living in, especially with this project that we were working on was to really bless the nations. And, 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 and it was like we saw the investment of that do Everything that this scripture said, reaching into and building and touching in on four realms of abundance because they're there for you. Those realms are there for you. And God wants you to be rich in wisdom, to be rich in his love, to be rich with relationships, to be rich in your health, your, your, your body strength to be rich in your finance. He wants you rich and abundant in everything. He doesn't want you restricted in anything. He wants you free and living in abundance because that is heaven's atmosphere. And you can access that in every area. Now, what the Lord showed me as I was preparing for this message, that there was many of you who have felt the restraint in the financial area. And God is jealous for you and he wants to break that off of your life he wants you free and he is going to bring you into a new realm can you pull on that can you pull on that he wants to bring you into an enlarged realm of possessions of finance of blessing so that you can be a blessing to others we get blessed so that we can be a blessing we're not just saying oh i just want to be rich for myself and i don't care about it. no we are ab abundantly blessed so that we can abundantly bless others. Amen? And every one of you is marked for this. And the other thing that I'm going to prophesy right now, because it's been so real to me over the last number of months, is the Lord said he's marking many in the earth with billionaire. Billionaire. He's marking many as billionaires, not just millionaires. Billionaires. And he needs his people to take the wealth. Why? Why is that important? It is so important that we have the wealth. Why? Do you know where the wealth is right now in many cases? We work with, um, uh, with anti-trafficking. And some of, the, some of the situations are so tragic. But, you know, th those, those um, sex traffickers, the traffickers, they're lining their pockets with massive amounts of money and you know what they're doing it they're doing more more evil with it more evil and it's evil that produces more evil we look at the drug cartels do you know why uh, drug cartels were formed it wasn't because they're trying to make people feel better it's because they're after the money and they get people addicted for the sake of money and when you see the wicked holding the purse 
and the control that comes with that, it's something that we need to be concerned about and tip the, the money changers tables over and take that position, amen? Because those who have the wealth, those who have the wealth have the power. Those are the ones who have the influence. When you are wealthy, you have influence in the world that you live in. And we need to take that. And God's eyes, he told me, his eyes are moving to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts whose are completely his. In other words, they're not interested in getting rich for themselves. They want to advance his kingdom. And they want to, to use what he gives them to make righteousness prevail on the earth. And so he's looking for those who he can bless, who will steward it well for him. And I know that many of you in this room, you will increase because I'm, I'm prophesying it. You will increase in this next season. You might be amazed. All of a sudden, the water level is going to go up in your life in the area of, of provision. And some of you are going to be marked as millionaires. Many, many will be marked as millionaires. Millionaires isn't hard anymore. A mil being a millionaire, having a million dollars worth of assets is pretty easy today. But many of you will also be marked as, as billionaires if you say, here I am, Lord, send me. Amen? It's a matter of engaging in the realm. It's already done in heaven. Copious, abundant provision and resources already, it's already been bought for you. It's a matter of pulling on it and saying, I will steward it well for you. I will care for it well. I will, I will look after your purposes. I will run with you with this, Lord. How many of you actually feel an anointing? Um, even if it's not specifically to be a billionaire, but you feel an anointing for wealth, that you know it's your portion. Do you know why? Because it is. That's why you're feeling it. This isn't just for a few people. This is for everyone. So if you'll stand to your feet, I want to minister that to you right now. Thank you, Father. Put your arms up into the glory and get ready to pull, okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for wealth. Thank you, Lord, for extreme wealth that is available to your people, Lord God. The wealth of every good thing that is in you, not just money, not just lands, not just houses, but wealth and abundance and relationships and friendships and, and health and wholeness and deliverance, Lord, wealth and every good thing, Lord God. And right now, I just release your wealth over your people in Jesus' name. Now pull it down. And you can keep pulling it. You might identify wealth of finance, wealth of houses, wealth of, wealth of kindness, wealth of... You can just keep pulling down whatever measure of wealth you want, whatever kind of wealth. But join your faith to that. Join your faith to that. And let your faith produce a realm of heavenly glory within your heart and life. Amen? <laughs> wow. And I believe God's going to give many of you knowledge of witty inventions. As I came into Dallas, I could feel such an anointing for entrepreneurship. And many of you are going to move into some entrepreneur ideas that are going to be direct downloads from heaven that are going to be amazing. And you'll know how to implement them and get them out there. And there's billion-dollar ideas in heaven right now that have to be downloaded into someone. There's technologies that get to be downloaded into someone and the business savvy to do it. So as we wrap up tonight, how many of you got something out of tonight? Did you, did you get something out of tonight? That's awesome. 
living in the heavenly dimension. But as we finish up tonight, we're going to um, allow you to respond to the word, free will offering, if you'd like to uh, give into this. But I just want to encourage you. Oh, I meant to tell you the end of the story. Just a second. That... No, maybe I don't have time for that. There's, there's just an increase. Like what happens when you receive that first miracle? It opens up a portal. When you contend for a portal, it opens, it opens up. And once it's open, it stays open and other miracles start coming down. And then the next miracles are even greater. So we've seen even greater miracles and greater miracles. And that's what I saw also when I came into the meeting tonight. I saw portals of heaven opening up and blessings coming down. So anyways, we're going to give you an opportunity to sow because it'll bring a shift into your life. But there's no pressure, only if you want. And if your faith is attached to it and you just want to honor God in this, there um, are... There are envelopes on the back of every seat there if you want um, some receipt for your giving. If you're making out checks, make them uh, payable to the storehouse. If you're watching online, you want to give by text or you can go to the website and give. Um, but we just want to encourage you to take opportunity to respond to the word. So let's give you a few moments to, to get your offering ready and we'll get the worship team up here and then we're going to um, worship the Lord. We're going to celebrate him actually as we bring our offering offerings forward. But when you do make your offering, when you prepare your offering, what I want you to do is be really intentional about breaking into your next level of increase. Break into your next level of increase and um, create the realm. Break open the realm. And when you respond to the word, the word is confirmed with signs following. So when you come into agreement with the word and when you sow into the word, when you, when you um, uh, uh, honor the word, there is great blessing that comes from that, not only for directly what's following, but uh, for even years later, because you're carving out a realm. It's not just a one-time thing. It's an actual realm. So, Father, we just thank you right now for um, your people and for their heart, and for what they're pulling down out of the glory realm tonight, for the pull, Lord, out of the invisible realm into the natural realm. And Lord, I know that in these coming days, they're going to remember to pull. They're going to remember what they've been given in you. And so as we respond to honor you, Lord, to honor you tonight with our gifts, with our giving, to bless you because you are the worthy one, and to intentionally sow into this abundant life, to sow into that realm of glory, Lord God, that you would honor the seed and that you would multiply it a hundredfold return on every seed, I decree and declare in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that as they sow their seed tonight, not only will there be a hundredfold return on it, but that you will bless their lives in other areas as well. Lord God, that they'll be amazed at the blessing. And not only that, Lord God, that the seed that is sown tonight is going to carve out a realm of rich and then also a realm of continued rich until there's extreme wealth. I decree and declare it over your people and over the offerings tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.